Thank you so much for joining us for HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. As we enter our third season, we are shifting to publishing an episode every other week. We hope that you stay tuned and learn, grow, and heal. Here's our first episode of season three. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Heal. Today, I am sitting with Evelyn Levasseur. She is a transformational speaker, mindset and moderation coach, and a certified group and personal trainer. Hello, Evelyn. Thanks for coming on. Hello, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you um, because you will be in our new uh, season three um series. And this is such a great topic to talk about uh, for the beginning of the year, don't you think? I love it. I love it. I can talk about it all the time. <laughs> I know. It's good to talk about all the time, but I feel like with where I'm, where you're going to be placed in our lineup, I think that it's perfect. You know, we all look at the beginning of the year, even though I usually look at the, for some reason, September is my beginning of the year. And it's probably because I was a teacher for so long. Yeah. It's like a new year, new me kind of thing. Um, and I know people are sick and tired of the January new year, new me, but Hey, whatever helps someone get refocused on their goals. I don't care what, what time of year it is, but I feel like this is timely because I think the beginning of the year, we all want to refocus on ourselves and our goals. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here is what I'm saying. <laughs> glad to be here. So tell me a little bit more about yourself. I know that when you were like five, you didn't say, I want to be a a moderation coach. Um, You know, I want to help other people to have a better relationship with themselves. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your history and your background and what led you to um, do what you do today. Well, funny thing is, I was actually a middle school teacher for 11 years. Um, (laughs) during during that time, I was doing nutrition coaching and personal training part-time. When I left, it was, first of all, the most difficult decision I've ever had to make because... It doesn't come easy to leave a profession like that. Mm -mm. It doesn't. And there's so much pressure on your mind, like, you know, about stability and safety and retirement, like all the ideas that are coming through your mind and the questioning and the, can I do this on my own? And then for me, it was also, am I teaching my daughters 
to quit? Am I teaching them to be dependent on other people? Am I showing them the wrong lessons? So it was a difficult decision, but having left, I feel like I became the person that I was meant to be because I was now living life on my terms, um, which was huge because I don't think that I recognized my terms before that. My life was completely lived by other people's expectations, who I thought I should be, how I was supposed to show up. Um, I don't think I really even got to know me until much after that. So I have, funny I thing. have so much to say about that. Oh, go, and, go for and, it. <laughs> instead of going for it, because I'll wait a little bit, I'm going to try to not be as impulsive as I am normally verbally. And so I'm gonna, I want to back up because I totally resonated with that um, comment about it actually shed a little bit more light in my brain. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about leaving the teaching profession, which really isn't what this podcast is about, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important to, to mention because it's you don't realize when you're living on your own terms what that is. And it can be really frightening. Uh, yeah, I had a minor like uh, identity crisis <laughs> a year ago when I left teaching to take a year off. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. It was frightening and relying on myself, which I feel like I've done my whole life, um, but not this way. It was so, it's so hard to explain. I don't know if I can even uh, put it into words. It's yeah, I think that like. Your, your fears take over your thinking. Like, can I do this? What am I doing? I should have just stayed. Like, the doubt is so strong. But ultimately, like, if you look at yourself, really, right, you are a living, breathing example that whatever comes your way, you can handle because you've survived anything that was meant to break you down. It hasn't broken you. And here you are. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like leaving is what literally was the catalyst to allowing me to be who I was meant to be, but also recognizing now that that was just the beginning of a journey. Yeah. Um, I was somebody who my, you know, in, in childhood was pretty thin, athletic, fit, muscular. Um, so when I went to college and put on a little bit of weight, it was almost like I didn't know who I was anymore because everything had been focused on my body before that. Like the women in my life, cousins, aunts, friends always would say things like, you're so lucky that you're thin. You're so lucky that you, whatever, just constantly commenting on my like body. I feel like those comments are something that I definitely grew up with. I didn't, mm. I never heard those. Those were never said to me. However, that is definitely the mindset and um, the thought at the time of, oh, wow, you look so great. Oh, those look great on you. You look mm -hmm. this, you look that. And it's, and everything was is so focused on our appearance. And yes. I, and of course, you know, it's it's I, this is where I stand on the whole topic. If you feel like you're not happy with your appearance, do what you can to shift and change it, whether that's your clothing or your body shape or whatever. If if you're not happy with it, I don't think anyone else has the right to be able to tell me that I need to do this with my body whether it is, you know, go on a diet and start exercising. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me a long time to get to that point. I'd say 50 years. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm 50, I'll be 53 soon. Or actually when this comes out, I would have turned 53. Well, and, happy um, birthday. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And um, it's just always been, a, a, a pro I've always had a problem with my appearance. Now, as you get to be my age, <laughs> It's not so much your appearance anymore as to how you're feeling. So how do you feel? And I wish 
I had that idea and that thought when I was younger, because if I had known and I was aware that I didn't feel great, you know, physically or mentally or emotionally, I would have shifted that. And I didn't, I wasn't connected to my body. I wasn't connected to what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, what I wasn't, I just wasn't. Again, we said this earlier, but I was literally in survival mode. So Mm -hmm. whatever I Mm -hmm. had to do, I did it. 100%. I think that's the story for so, I I think most women can resonate with that feeling of either being told that they were lucky for what they looked like or being told that they should be striving to look a different way. Like the message all along, no matter what size your body is, is either you have to work like hell to maintain it so that you're seen as valuable and accepted, or you have to work like hell to become that so that you're seen as valuable and accepted. And either way, it all, the message for everyone is that you're not enough as you are in your story. You're not enough. And and I carried that with me for my whole life, like trying to shrink my body, trying to trying to always be smaller, which essentially led to me shrinking all the parts of me I think in the right. name yeah. of acceptance from other people. When really, yeah. what did I need? Not acceptance from other people. What I needed was acceptance from me. That's right. It takes a lot though. It's, uh, yeah. you know, we, we live the, our whole lives with all of those, um, with that mindset of whatever, mm-hmm. our beliefs and our mindset. And then when we realize it takes us forever to try to get rid of that, like shift it and change Mm -hmm. it. Um, I guess that's why a coach is really helpful because they can really get down to the nitty gritty and um, address exactly what it is that you need to shift. Um, So tell us a little bit more about when you were younger. Is there like, was there any turning point in your, whether it was through college or whether it was, uh, you know, you became a teacher, like when did you realize that, um, we can talk about why you don't want to teach, didn't want to teach anymore or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Give us some information about how you <sighs> gradually came to this point. Like what, what happened? So after I had my second daughter, um, I was doing all the, you know, cutting back the food, dieting, counting, weighing, uh, running like crazy. And oh my gosh, please. I hate to run. Um, I hate, hate to run, but anyway, did all the things and wasn't seeing any results. So I worked with somebody who taught me about kind of changing the way my food was paired together. That helped me see what was best for me, helped me find like what worked for me at the time. Here's the thing. I loved it so much that I went and got certified in nutrition coaching. I got certified in personal training. I started working with clients all the while telling myself, telling myself I was living a healthy lifestyle, but really I was dieting Um, and helping my clients with nutrition and exercise and seeing them get incredible results and then rebounding and get incredible results and rebounding. And I realized that the missing component was the mindset, the thinking, the beliefs, the actions that come from those thoughts, right? And I could only recognize it and help it help them because I recognized it in myself. I was saying, like I was trying to raise my daughters with intention, like to make sure that they felt accepting of who they are and loving in their own body, but I wasn't living that for myself. So right. ultimately, I'm saying one thing and showing them something totally different. Yeah, I feel um, like I, if Brittany was here, she would probably agree with you. I was the same way, like just wanting, you know, wanting, wanting her to be healthy and happy, but then 
really worried about my health or her health or what we're eating and making sure that we're mm-hmm. getting, like, it was, it's, it was, excuse my language, just a cluster fuck of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, this just that uh, thought, just that statement right there. Like I was worried about her health. Like I think for all, most of us, we've equated health with thinness. That's like right. when people say, I just want to be healthy. No, you don't. You just want to be skinny because right. healthy comes in so many different sizes. That's right. That's right. It does. You know, we all say that. I just want to feel healthy. No, you don't. You want to be thin and you want to feel confident. That's, and that's totally what different. We're, that's what we're bombarded with growing yeah. up. Like that thin is healthy. Thin yes. Is healthy. Thin is healthy. And, and that heavy, not, not only do we believe thin is healthy, we also believe that like heavier bodies equate to lazier people. Right. Right. Like we equate negative characteristics to people in heavier bodies when really like it's just gravity. <laughs> it's, it's just a different size. You know, it's so funny. Um, I know someone who worked in a recruiting business, um, recruiting for, you know, companies about to go public. And that person's boss, they told me this story not too long ago. Um, that person would find a perfect candidate for a position. Perfect. They would bring the candidate in and and his boss would comment on their size to him, not to the person. And they're like, no, I don't think so. They don't look the right, they don't look right. And because they were heavy. And I'm thinking, you know, with that thought process, I wouldn't be working anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It it is. And it says so much more about that um, boss yeah. than anybody else. It does, it sure does. It's sad, actually. It's sad. Yeah. And then we perpetuate it by feeling that. Like we, if we know that that's what they feel, not that this Mm -hmm. person knew, but you know, I don't know. I just know that it's always something in the back of my mind to think about what what do I look like right now? Mm -hmm. when I, you know, if I'm applying for a different position or I'm going to be interviewing for something or Mm -hmm. someone wants to hire me for, or, uh, for something professionally or in my practice here, um, in my business, like, will people come in and as a meditation teacher, look at my body and be like, uh, what does she know about wellness? Mm. <laughs> well, I'm pretty educated in wellness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I might not be a smaller size. I don't even know. I don't know. It's something always in the back of my mind. Yeah. That I yeah. Think about. And I wish I didn't. So I do shift and, 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 um, talk myself up in my head a lot. Like you're fine. You know what you're talking about, you know, like, yeah. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you look like. It matters mm-hmm. what you know and how you um, treat people and help people. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. It's funny that you're saying that because that's exactly one of the practices I do with my clients when they start having a limiting belief like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to get through this. I can't trust myself around food, whatever it is that they're feeling. We always go through that and separate the like the fact from the feeling. Yes. Is it is it a fact that you are not trained in meditation? Is it a fact that you can't guide people in meditation? No, that's a feeling and that's a fear. And the, what do you do? You acknowledge it. I see you popping up again, trying to, you know, keep yeah. me from doing the things that I want to do. But here's the reality. I don't have to own that story. I don't have to own that story. I can take one step right now that proves that wrong. And that's what, and that's how we do one step at a time, literally reminding ourselves all the time of who the hell we are instead of how important it is what we look like. That's right. Yep. That's funny. Um, I had this, we had a great healer in the other night and <laughs> and we were, she was doing a session with a group and she, and we all had these like crazy downloads. And um, the one thing that came up was 
do you even know who you are? <laughs> That's what came up. So, you know, since then, especially, I, I need little bits of reminders. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to always have someone in your back pocket that you can turn to when you're feeling that way. If it's not you, you know, if it's not your inner coach, uh, inner cheerleader, I call them, um, then maybe you have a good friend or a coach that you can mm-hmm. turn to and say, like, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I got to get out of that funk. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. It's just the awareness. It's the awareness of recognizing that, you know, there's a belief in there, but I don't have to own it. That's huge. Just being aware of that thought is what the first mm-hmm. step. And it's so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. So at what point did you feel like I need to pursue this full time? So, or, okay. Or did you, you became a teacher first? I was a teacher first and I was, um, you know, training and coaching part-time. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. Um, I felt like I was <laughs> taking care of paperwork and behaviors and not really being able to make connections with kids the way that I wanted to, because I was wearing 35 hats. Um, but working with women, and, and seeing the shifts that happen um, in their confidence, in the way they approach you, in the way they walk in a room, in their energy, like that filled me up. And I started to recognize like being pulled more in that direction. Yeah. Um, but I can say this, even at first, I was still on my own journey. And yes, I was helping women, you know, get better health habits but I wasn't helping them shape their thinking. And it was literally, I was literally at a picnic. I cringe when I tell this story all the time, but I'm gonna tell it again. I was at a picnic with my two daughters. Um, My first, she was 10, my second was seven. And uh, they came out of the pool, I got them some lunch, like a burger, a little side salad and some corn on the cob. And a woman says to my 10 year old, honey, if you want to maintain that figure, you better put down that burger. She was 10? 10. Okay. <laughs> I just about lost my mind because I was so intentional about never talking to them about body or appearance or anything like that, right? But that literally is the moment that changed my thinking and changed my coaching forever because I realized right in that second that we're a part of the problem. Yeah. We're not part of the problem. It's so funny because again, I said this just a few moments ago, but I noticed myself. All right. So here's a little tangent. I went to hairdressing school a Mm -hmm. long time ago before I had Brittany. So she's 30, almost 31. And so I I mentioned this because when I notice someone has a different haircut, I notice it right away. I notice the haircut, the color, the this. I notice it because I think I'm just, I focus on that because I loved that. I loved going to hairdressing school. I just never finished. Mm. Um, So I just never completed that. And I, it was an interest of mine. So I think that's why I'm focused on it because I love hair. Not that you could tell today and doing (laughs) hair, um, so I noticed that. And then I realized when I say things like, oh my God, your hair looks great. You know, I feel like, oh, Liz, stop focusing on something that's physical. I just, I don't know if I can help it though, because it's just something I noticed right mm. away. It's changed. It's different. It looks really nice on your, you know, your face and whatever. Um, but there are other times that I'm like, you look fabulous. And I, and I, I'm, I'm wanting to compliment someone, but I really am trying not to 
compliment someone on their physical appearance. Mm. Um, however, I know a lot of women who are working really hard at improving the way that they feel about themselves mm -hmm. and that's part of it. And so I know. Then compliment that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Liz, you're glowing. Like Liz, look at your confidence. I can see your, you know, like you're walking with your shoulders up high. Like what's different? I love it's that. still That's a compliment, so right? That's so perfect. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's I don't, and I don't see uh, complimenting like someone's hair as I, I feel like that's a different compliment than complimenting someone's weight loss. Like people will say, look at you, you lost weight, you look great. And I'm like, mm. do you know if that person was ill? Do you know if they are like restricting themselves and depriving so themselves? True. You know, like you there's have no so idea what caused. Yeah, yeah, there's so much more to it. And yeah. I don't want to necessarily bring up anything that is is distressing. Yeah. 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 The, I think it's really important to remember and be mindful of the words that come out of our mouth, first yeah. of all. But then when mm -hmm. especially when it comes to appearance. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. It's just something to be aware of. I think. Yeah. And I think it's so important to acknowledge other things about women aside their, aside from their physicality, because I feel like, right, I feel like when you acknowledge things about their character, it gives them permission to do the same for other women. And even like for myself, I, I don't degrade myself. I will not talk down about myself. I will not talk about like hating how I look like. I'm finally, thank God, finally at the point in my life where I can say, like, I love all of me. I love all of me. And when I love me and I accept me, I give other women permission to do the same. And that's how we heal, right? Like we help each other rise. You don't you don't just get through this alone. Yep. I need to write that quote down because I really like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, this is me talking bad about myself, but I'm really only kidding. Let's see if my 52-year-old brain can remember more or less what you just said. When I see when, when, <laughs> dang, and my brain is now gonna have to remember it too. Thank God for recordings. But <laughs> when I love oh. myself, when I accept myself, I give other women permission to do the same. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. But I think it's 100% true. Like when, you know, even when I was a teacher, I remember having to separate myself because a lot of people would just talk about like, you know, like the lunchtime talk was either about hating your job or hating your appearance or hating your husband. And I'm like, people, I can't relate. Like I can't, this, this is draining my energy. Yes. This is draining my whole being. Yep, <laughs> like, yep, so yep. I don't want yes. to, I want to talk oh, about like, I don't know. I want to talk about things that light me up and yeah, lift me up. Yeah, what are you doing this weekend? It's beautiful. Yes. You should go outside. Go outside for recess. <laughs> yes. Well, we yes. had recess in, in elementary school. Um, yeah, like, you know, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can get really caught up in that talk, too, yeah. you, when you're around it for a long time and not realize that now you're participating in it, mm -hmm. either just letting it happen or thinking the same things or verbalizing the same things. And it does bring you so down yeah down, down. and i don't even think that you realize in the moment that you're participating in draining yourself mentally that's right you're exhausted and burnt out and overwhelmed and you're adding to it by yeah. choice yeah 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 oh. i hear you i'm that i definitely was there mm -hmm. um i was there 
Uh, and when I observe, and when I realized I was doing it and observing it, sometimes I just would remove myself from the, yeah. the situation, which mm -hmm. was difficult too, because I didn't really build a lot of good friendships with people mm -hmm. because I was like, I just can't be here with this right now. So I yeah, be but I think like that also that removing yourself part is huge in like you're non-verbally setting a boundary yep. and also you're protecting your energy right yep. so like i do really believe i believe this 100 percent that now that i'm at the point where i just feel so centered and like aligned with who i am purposed to be right like i believe that my energy attracts the people i want in my life and literally repels the people that I don't want in my life. So I 100% agree with that. And I have conversations, multiple conversations about that exact topic with a lot of people. I love and it. Also, the moment, I, this is another thing I've said a lot to people, is that the moment that you start shifting the focus onto yourself and taking care of yourself, the universe rewards you with all of the things that we're supposed to, it sometimes takes a little bit of time um, because your mind and your heart have to be in line. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the universe rewards you with all of the things that you've been trying to manifest for all this time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but you just have to let the universe know that you know that you deserve it. Yes. Yes. That's and that's the thing about those limiting beliefs, right? Because you can't like be actively trying to manifest things in your life, but then in the back of your mind thinking, I don't, I don't deserve, deserve this. I, don't I won't be able that. to maintain yeah. it. I can't yeah. do it. I'm not enough. Right. Yeah. Because you're, you're trying to manifest, you're actually praying for these blessings and then you're blocking them. Yeah. By saying I don't deserve it or that'll never happen for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. a great coach. Um, who was a mindset coach and he works with heart centered entrepreneurs. He's, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, his name's Ed. I plug him all the time, Love it. <laughs> but he's amazing. And he's actually done a workshop here at my shop um, on mindset and abundance and the law of attraction. Mm. So he's great. Um, all right. So you stopped teaching, you shifted toward coaching full time. Yep. Yep. So at that moment at the picnic where they talked about my, you know, my daughter's body, that was, I feel like that was the, the moment for me that helped me see so clearly that we are a part of the issue, that we want more for our kids than we're willing to do for ourselves, that we tell our kids they could be anything that they want to when we see so much for them, but then we teach them to fit in a box. You know, we focus on the exterior but all the answers are inside us. It was like all the shifts came from that moment. And that's when I changed my coaching completely because I changed how I talked to myself. I changed how I showed up for myself. I changed how I was speaking with my children. And most importantly, I think more importantly than any other shift that I made was I stopped trying to want better for my daughters and instead started living better for myself. That's great. Yep. That's perfect. At that point in time at that cookout, were you teaching still or did, you, had you already left? I had, I had left, but I wasn't full-time coaching yet. So let me ask you a question. This is controversial. Maybe. Yeah. Um, do you feel like public education also puts kids in a box and has like a generic overarching expectation for all and not a unique individualized experience for? I feel like public education in and of itself is um, 
almost oxymoronic in the way that it teaches, like for the teacher, they want you to differentiate your instruction. They want you to reach all the level learners. They want you to teach kids the way that they learn and at their level. And then they test them all on the same test. And then you are judged by the, the test. Same way. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the child who comes in and you've been working with them all year, let's say they're in sixth grade and they're reading at a third grade level. And in this one year, you worked your ass off with them. And now they're reading almost at a fourth grade level right? They made huge progress for themselves and mm -hmm. then they still fail this sixth grade test and you mm -hmm. are deemed a failure. Yep. You're deemed a failure, even though you help them and, progress. And they are too. Yeah. It's and like, so you know, are they. yeah. And the school <laughs> and yes. everything, everything yes. failed. Yeah. It's so sad. I, again, it's one of the reasons why I left. I, I'm, this is a tangent. I'm we'll yeah. Oh yeah. That. I understand it. But the, you know, it's just like, we're creating the problem that we have now. We mm -hmm. have to figure mm -hmm. out a way to go back and and start at the the ground level and shift yep. things because yeah. I think that we're just causing so many more issues by, mm -hmm. you know, essentially expecting kids to look, learn, and produce and and um, maybe the produce is the right word, but show what they've learned in all the same way, and it's just not the yeah. Way. Yeah, 100%. And and it's hard for me because I am a product of the public education. My husband's a product. My husband still teaches in the public sector. Yeah. Um, both my daughters are in public school. Yeah. But also, you know, I just, <laughs> I with them 100%, we focus on who they are, how they show up, how they treat people, you know, their ability to be kind and empathetic. And, you know, to see the kid in school who everybody else is not hanging out with and to go spend a little time with him, like that makes me proud. I could give a shit about the grade. Yep. And they do well academically because we've always read with them and we practice things with them at home. And, you know, we are a, a motivated and hardworking family, but also that's not the priority. Yeah, like I'm not going to fight my, yes, 100%. Yep. I'm not going to fight my kids about like, you know, you got a 89 on something. Like, did you work? hard did you not understand it because if you didn't understand it let's work on it yeah if you did congratulations yeah and 89 is what you did and that's great yeah proud of you proud so, of you all right listen this is what i'm thinking we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back i really would like to focus on your offering your coaching and how people can connect with you and potentially um work with you awesome. Does that sound okay perfect all right we'll be back everyone if you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And thanks for coming back for this episode of HEAL. Remember, we are joined by Evelyn Lavasser, and she is a mindset and moderation coach. And I'm dying to know more about your program, um, how people can connect with you, uh, anything you have to offer. It's your turn to talk all about, I mean, we were just talking all about yeah. you. But talking all about what you're doing now, because I think it's important, A, it's important for people to understand where you're coming from, why you shifted to the, what you're doing now, but it's really important for people to know how they can 
um, reach out to you and connect with you if they connect with you on this podcast. So mm -hmm. tell us about your program. Tell us about your um, how people can connect. And I know that you are writing a book and that you have some uh, freebie to offer as yeah. well. So make sure we touch upon all those things. All the things. Well, my program I'm very excited about and I'm most proud of because um, it literally is like a roadmap to how I healed my relationship with food and essentially strengthened my relationship with myself. So it's called food freedom. Yes. And it works on what I call my three M method, mindset, movement, and moderation. And <gasps> yes, mindset, movement, moderation. Um, it's about really dropping the diet mentality. Yep. Stopping thinking about cutting everything out and restriction and deprivation. And instead learning what works for your body, learning to reconnect with your intuition, learning to silence all the outside noise and learning to stop asking everyone else for what's ideal for your body because no doctor, dietitian, even coach knows what you need more than you do. Yeah. Um, so I help my clients reconnect with that um, by unlearning a lot of the things that they've been kind of mistaught over the years, starting from when we were little. I mean, we don't even realize how much of our programming started as little, little kids, like in our oh, house. Yes, they have, my friend. Know. Yeah, Ugh. our whole lives are programmed to think and feel and believe certain things. Yes. And then you get to a certain age where you you spend the rest of your life unlearning all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I can say um, when we were younger, the rule was like you didn't leave the table till your plate was empty, right? Um, you didn't have dessert unless you finished all of your dinner, which I know my parents were trying to just make sure that I was well-fed and cared for. But what does that do for you as a child? An authority figure is telling you that you have to do something. Your body is telling you it's done eating. My body says I'm full, but so mommy says I'm not. Off, yeah, you shut off your body to feeling that full. You just eat because you're supposed to eat it. Exactly. And you replace your intuition with somebody else's rules, which makes it so easy to fall prey to dieting because dieting feels organized and constructive. And Liz told me if I cut out all my carbs, I'm going to get this result. So I can trust Liz, but I can't trust myself, which is why it's so easy to try another program mm -hmm. that ultimately fails you because programs are not, they can't replace your gut instinct. Um, so essentially through weekly coaching through very actionable tools and getting small wins my clients go from trying multiple diets trying to shrink themselves to actually learning true food freedom and sustainable health without having to start over and not only that the most important thing they learn is that they're worthy of and they're listening to their body and they're 100 percent yeah they're connecting with how they're feeling. Yes. Um, that's really great. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you? So I'm on Instagram at it's Evelyn Labasser or I'll on Facebook. I'll put that in the podcast notes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, much I'm more active on Facebook. Okay. Um, and uh, the website is evelynfit.com. Um, and I, I am currently writing a book. Pretty excited about this. This one's about how to raise your daughters with body confidence. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a work straight from the heart. So I'm super psyched about that. I love and, that. Um, oh, don't forget you're starting a podcast soon too. Yes, I'll be starting a podcast as well, um, which will be incorporating my daughters as well in there. Um, but again, all about 
women and how we feel and how to connect with ourselves and what we really want and and just the freaking power of who we are a woman who is self-accepting and doesn't berate herself and judge herself negatively a woman who is in full acceptance is a powerful being yeah powerful people have been keeping us down for way too long yeah no idea yes yes <laughs> we've been keeping ourselves down for way too long yes we're we participating no in idea. it <laughs> for sure for right? sure yes uh, so all uh, the things all the things to just help us feel good and be who we're supposed to be right Right. Tear down all of those layers and yes, those walls and that programming and those mm -hmm. negative self, um, that negative self-talk and beliefs mm -hmm. and really just start, even if you start telling yourself daily, I am worth this. Yes. Even if you don't really believe it, saying yes. it over and over again. Yes. Eventually you know, that I am worth it will change into I'm fucking worth this. Like yes. Sorry, I yes. swear all the time now that I Me don't too. <laughs> Me too. I do think though there's something so powerful about finally saying like like fuck all those thoughts I used. What do you mean I'm not enough? Are you kidding me? Of course me. Of course I am. Of course I always was. There's one exercise that I do with my clients that I love because I've done it for myself. Um, you know, how we talked about that limiting belief, the I'm not enough. I can't do this. Like to take those limiting beliefs and write them out. Right. Once we write them all out, we reframe them in first acknowledging those are just stories in our minds. Those are not our reality. We reframe them so that we actually take those limiting beliefs and write the opposite as an affirmation. Yep. And then we take all of our affirmations and write a manifesto to ourselves. <laughs> um, so I have a manifesto literally in the notes in my phone. And every morning I wake up, I pop that phone open and I read my manifesto and I get out of the bed like I am a bad bitch. And then I start my day and every day I end my day with that manifesto too, because my first thought and my last thought are always going to be I am worthy. That's such a great top, uh, tip. I have this, my coach, we did, um, it's very similar, but what I've done instead of reading it, uh, and it's not, it's not exactly what you're saying. It's similar. Uh, it's like a, um, vision board, but they're vision mm -hmm. statements instead. Okay. And it's, it's very high vibrating and the, the wording is very positive. It's like affirmations, but a little twist. And what I've done instead of reading it every day is I recorded it on my phone. Mm. So I put in my headphones and I listen to my own voice saying it. So I like to do That's that amazing. every morning. Yeah, I should do it at night too. Yeah, um, amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share about your program, uh, your freebie? Yeah, so the freebie is a very short training on the three things you need to be able to lose weight and keep it off without having a diet, spend hours at the gym. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice short training with like actionable steps. I love actionable steps. Action is my favorite thing. Yes. Um, because I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Evelyn. I do have three questions that I ask every guest if okay. you're willing to play along. I love to play. Okay. When you are feeling at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? Mm, when I'm feeling at my most peaceful, I am, I guess, sitting in gratitude. Um, I'm going to, I want to share this quickly. I always thought 
living in gratitude was being grateful for the things and people in my life, right? I was grateful for my husband because we have a wonderful relationship and grateful for my healthy daughters because I struggled to become a mom, grateful for my business, but I was not grateful for me. And now I can say that I don't have to look at my life as an outsider looking in. Like I can sit in the gratitude of the life I created because of who I am. Mm-hmm. So peace for me is being fully accepting and proud of who I am and what I've done for myself. That's such a great thing to hear. Um, I struggle with that constantly. So I try to consciously sit once a week at least um, and just look around where I am right now. I'm in my mm-hmm. office, but um, I look around and say, wow, look at what I've created. This is great. Mm-hmm. Like I really try to feel that because that's hard for me to do just because of years of like, you know, beating myself up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's (laughs) so so much easier to to accept like the negative talk. It's like that. I don't know why we accept that so much easier. Because I think we've heard it our whole lives. So it's just what we're used to hearing. So yes, shifting that, shifting that to something more positive and to uh, whether you believe it or not, start that way. And I don't like fake it till you make it, but no, and it's not that it's more like I am worthy. And Mm -hmm. then you start to really do feel it and believe Mm -hmm. it. The more that you say it, I do anyways. Yeah, 100%. All right. So a book. Do you have a book that you would recommend to your clients, to anyone else? (gasps) So many. So many. I love to read. One or two. (gasps) Okay. I will pick. (laughs) Mm, Okay. I'm going to pick two. Okay. Dang. That's that's hard. I know. Can I do three? Can I do three? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So the first one is... um, you're a badass at making money by oh, yeah. Jen Sincero. Love her. Awesome. The sarcasm. I've yes. read all of her badass stuff. Go yes. Ahead. The sarcasm, the money mindset, all the things. Um, How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicola Perra. Okay. And Glennon Doyle's Untamed. So my last guest said that too. Really? Yep. Yeah, Glennon Doyle <sighs> is a good one for everyone. Oh gosh. So good. <laughs> I just love that all three of those books help you take a look at yourself and how you think and just recognize that the power's in your choice every time the power's in your choice. Also, also to understand how powerful your mind is and your thoughts. Yes. Not just your words. Yes. Thoughts are things too. Mm -hmm. They might as well be words. 100%. They might as well be lessons or they might as well, our thoughts literally just carry us around like little puppets. Yeah, they do. We don't, take any action that we don't think first. So if you change your thoughts, you change your whole damn life. That's right. Um, all right. If money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? Right the second? Yeah. If money wasn't an object, what would I be doing? I'd be traveling everywhere because I want to learn about everyone and the way they live. And I want to eat all the food. I was going to say, and the foods they cook. <laughs> And drink the wine. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> drink the wine. I want to learn about everyone everywhere. I'll be, I'll be traveling with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want my daughters to experience. Wouldn't that be great? So much, right? Like just to get literal in-person, real-time lessons in life, traveling the damn world with no limits. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it be great if we all had the opportunity to do that too? Yeah. Like yeah. if we if we were required between the ages of 18 and 21, instead of go to college to go to another country, 
That would be great. Imagine. I mean, really. 18, 19, four years of that hosted by a family, maybe. Maybe maybe it's four countries and you spend, I'm going to make, a, I'm making Ooh. all this stuff up. And you go to four countries, you're picking. I'm here for it. Right? So much we would learn before we had to then figure out what it is we mm-hmm. want to be when we grow up. Yeah, because I feel like we do it backward. We push the education. We push this, you know, th- this lifeline, this straight, narrow road. And then nobody, you know, I not everybody at 18 years old even knows who the hell they are. I was still figuring it out at 40. As a matter of fact, I'm still learning about myself today. So every moment of my of my <laughs> day of my life, I'm like, oh, OK, I don't want to do yeah. that. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's important. Yeah, I love that. I love that thinking. Well, thank you. I just made uh-huh. it up. <laughs> All right. We're going to go. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I I hope that some people hear this and uh, contact you because I love what you're doing. It's so much needed right now. So thank, thank you. you. I love their conversation. Me too. Everybody else, I will leave all of Evelyn's information in the podcast notes so you can access them um, and connect with her. And thank you once more. Thank you. All right. I'll be back in just a moment. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back, just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.